0: You know, I, I um, thank you very much. I spoke this morning at a uh, prayer breakfast, a good Friday breakfast in Long Beach for the city of Long Beach. And they said, we're so honored that you would come on your birthday. I said, look, there is nothing better for me to do on my birthday than to share the gospel. And uh, a bunch of people got saved. And to be here with y'all, to have you say that is a blessing for me. Thank you very much. I um I went shopping this week to get, every Easter I got to get all these different outfits. because I want to be fresh for Easter. And my wife and I went to a store and I was just stressing because I don't, I don't like to shop. And, and so we bought a bunch of stuff and we got some deals. And then we went home we are like, mm, nah. And then we went to another store and um, uh, I, I found something that I liked. I don't need it. I didn't need it. I just liked it. And the, the shopping demon came on me. You know that demon that says, I just got to have it demon. So, I, I, got, I bought this coat. And I, just, I don't even need it, but it was just so smooth. I had to have it. So, then I was like, well, let me reevaluate the suits that I got. So, I took all those suits back and I, I went to another store. And then I saw this and I said, I got to have it. <laughs> so, I was going to call my sister and say, I, Now I know what you mean when you go to a store. He said, I just got to have it. <laughs> So, uh, um, uh, it is a ble- I'm so happy. Today's my birthday. I call all, some of those guys on there, a, a lot of those people that you didn't recognize, those brown people from back east. Uh, my family, all my friends, uh, two of my guy- my guys in the- in, in the car with uh, well, you don't remember so many people, but I was so blessed to see that they made a video, that they even have a phone that makes a video. So I was really- uh, uh, but I am 50, I, this is my 40, my 18th, 40th birthday, um, <laughs> Somebody's like, what does that mean? That means 18 plus 40 is 58. So I'm 58 years old. And so my wife and I are always joking about we're going to be 60, uh, soon. But that don't mean nothing. Can I get amen? Just get rolling. Just get rolling. Amen. So I want to, I want to say hi to all the campuses. Thank you for all the, all the well wishes and all the videos from all the campuses. City Heights, San Marcos, East County, uh, San Isidro. Uh, it is a blessing. Microsites and all the people watching online. God bless you. Uh, this is, uh, there's nothing better than our family here. Um, this is our family. Uh, we all have biological families as well um, that are very special. Uh, this is a very special family to my wife and I. I was talking to somebody the other day and, uh, about uh, who owned a bank. And we were just talking about what it means to be um, the boss or CEO or whatever. You never go home. You know, this is my life. Uh, I live this 24/7. I dream about this. I live this 24/7. I am so excited about what God's doing. Um, I am consumed more than probably is uh, a borderline healthy. But I, I, I love this. I love y'all. I love ministering to y'all. I love uh, encouraging you and hearing stuff you do in the community. And and obviously, God is so much more excited about it than me. And so, on behalf of God, I just want to tell you He loves you too. Um, I was in a prison uh, years ago doing ministry and right before I spoke, this, I was standing watching the inmates, I was getting ready to go speak and the presence of God just came on me heavy and I started crying and, and God said to me, I want you to tell them that I love them. I said, God, it's in my notes. I'll get to it like, you know, halfway through, I'm going to tell them that. And he's like, no, 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 uh, forget your notes. I want you to tell them I told you to say that I love them because those are my guys. I had plans for them to be doctors and uncles and dads and teachers, and the devil got them, and they're now living like animals, but I still love them. So I want you to make sure you tell them that before you get into your sermon. And so I did. I said, hey, fellas, I got a message for you, but um, I just want to tell you God loves you. He knows everything about all of what you're going through um, that I don't, but he knows everything you're going through, all the pain that you have either caused or that's that you're the burdens you're carrying from knowing your family's on the outside, dealing with stuff. And he just wants you to know he loves you. So I want to tell you today, all Rock Church, that God loves you. He knows everything about everything you're doing. And he just wants to take a pause and he wants to tell you he loves you. And there's no greater sign that he loves you than what he did for you, died for you. And that's what we're going to look at today. Can I get amen? Amen. amen. Let me tell you a couple more announcements before I go. Uh, before we start, I had all the stuff uh, written out Then I kind of Lost my mind here. (laughs) Tomorrow's Easter. (laughs) Today we're going to have communion. And we have a special service for you that we're going to have with the crosses. You see the crosses all over the room. We're going to have a special service. I'm going to have a message. Then we're going to do some stuff after the message. It's going to be good. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, you are so good. Thank you for 58 years. Thank you for um, the good, the bad, and the ugly in my life. And how you have and are using it for your glory, you are so special uh, to us. There is no place else we can go except to the foot of the cross to be blessed. And to know our purpose. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, turn to the person next to you and tell them happy Easter. Let's see your Bibles on the count of three. One, two, three, say word. Let's turn to uh, Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27. Matthew 27, first book of the New Testament. We want to say hello to all the people watching online. Happy Easter, good Friday. Uh, We'll be here tomorrow at 4 o'clock for Easter service. And that will be a different message. And by the way, we have a very exciting program for you for tomorrow and Sunday. It's going to be awesome. We got dancers and all kind of stuff going on. So come back, bring a friend. Tomorrow, 4 o'clock, and all four services on Sunday. And so we're very excited about that. Amen. Um, My wife has an old soul for certain types of programs. She loves Westerns, like she'll watch Bonanza and Black and White. (laughs) And just any kind of Western, but there's a show that she watches that I can't really watch it because it's not HD, and it kind of gets—it makes me feel like I'm dying when I watch it because it's so grainy. <laughs> it's called Forensic Files. Does anyone watch Forensic Files? <laughs> so I, once I start, once, you know, I will sit there and you, it's the same old music and the same guys, like you know, it's old. And but once I sit down and start listen to it, I'm, I get drawn into the story because they're, 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 their forensic files, forensic science is. Uh, The application of science to criminal investigation so they can study crime scenes and wounds on people and determine when the person uh, died, who killed them, where they were actually killed. Because sometimes where they're found is not where they were killed. And so they, you know they get a hair from 10 years ago that's on the roof that blew from five houses down the street, and they'll be able to tell that this blew from 5,000. you know, all, all this crazy science and I love science, so it's really interesting but she watches it faithfully, and, and what they can do is they can tell by studying the wounds on somebody, how they died, where they died, and obviously, who killed them, because that's the whole goal, who, who, they're trying to solve crimes, who killed the person. If we um, studied or did forensic science on Jesus' body, what would we learn about his killer? Who killed him? We know when he died. We know how he died, but why did he die the way he did? And I'm going to propose to you that if you study the wounds of Jesus, we will find out that we are the killers. And that things we did and said and how we treat people and how we talk about people are actually what killed Jesus. Jesus. I was at on uh, KUSI, a local channel station here, if you're watching it online, uh, the other day, and I was talking about Easter, and I was challenging people, don't celebrate Easter. Participate in Easter. It, doesn't, it can't be something that you heard about that happened a long time ago, but something that you allow to impact your life. And as we look at Jesus' death, I want you to think about how your actions actually killed him. And he died for the purpose of forgiving us of those actions and cleansing us from unrighteousness so we don't have to do it again. Our actions killed him, but he died and paid the price and took the pain so we wouldn't have to do it again. So God can actually heal your thoughts. He can actually heal your attitude, your perception of yourself. Think about the things that, we we did a sermon called, think about your thinking. If you think about your thinking and what you think about yourself and what other people and the garbage in your head, God can actually heal that. I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 53, uh, 5 and 6, I believe it is, 4 and 5. It says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded. Everyone say wounded. wounded. He was wounded. Everyone say wounded. He was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our for our peace was upon him the chastisement on behalf of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we were healed second corinthians 5:21 says for he made him god the father made him the son who knew no sin to be sin for us he knew no sin so he was not suffering for himself. He was suffering for us, but he suffered very specifically for us. It wasn't random. The crucifixion wasn't random. The nails in his feet and hands weren't random. It says for him for he made him to be who who knew no sin to be sin for us, why that we might become the righteousness of God to him. In other words, God says I'm going to suffer uh the pain for your sin. Your sin's going to kill me, but I'm doing it so you could be righteous. So therefore you need to take advantage of it, not only to be saved, but to be righteous, that every day you become more and more like Jesus and you're never going to get there, which means there's always work to be done. And by the way, don't get discouraged that you'll never be there. Get excited about the process. Because you could always be more kind. You could always be more patient. You could always speak more life today than yesterday. You could always be more forgiving. You can let stuff go easier day by day. You should be able to let drama and and anger and frustration with people become more forgiving, more loving, more kind, more patient, exercise more self-control. That's the process. So that's what he did it for. So don't celebrate it, say it happened. I got a cross, it kills me, all these people who wear crosses, and yet they're spewing out garbage from their mouth. We, we got to participate in it. Lord, make me holy. Say, make me holy, God. Make me holy. Say, make me holy, God. Me holy. So here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to look at five different kinds of wounds and see what they teach us about our sin. We're going to look at a lacerated wound, a penetrating wound, a contused wound, a perforated wound, an inside wound. There's different kinds of wounds. Number one in your notes, a lacerated wound. This is a wound produced by a tearing or ripping instrument. A tearing or ripping instrument. Matthew 27 verse 26. It says they released Barabbas to them and when he scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Um, there is an instrument called a cat of nine tails. It is a leather strap t- attached to a handle, and it has nine straps. And those straps have bone and metal trips, uh, chips in them, and they will take your clothes off, and they would whip your back thirty-nine times, and the bone and metal chips would grab into the skin and yank it out and rip it out. That's a that's a lacerated wound, and so they did that to Jesus. They whipped him thirty-nine times, thirty-nine times nine. 40 lashing is a death penalty. People died long before 40. Jesus took 39 lashes. They scourged him. A lacerated wound. I wonder if Jesus gave his back to be whipped for every time you stab somebody in the back. I wonder if Jesus gave his back to show that every time you talk behind someone's back, you are whipping them with that whip. Jesus I'm going to suffer that for you because every time you do that, it hits me. Every time you talk about that person, it rips my skin out. It rips my bone off. And here's the cool thing about Jesus. He never, never denied his back from that soldier. He says, I'm here with me as much as it is necessary to endure all the sin that we Commit. What does that mean? Does that mean you can be forgiven? Yes, but it also means you don't have to do it anymore. You don't have to do it anymore. I want you to think about what you say about people. And we're going to get to what you think about people, what you say about people. You can change your life by your words. The Bible says the mouth speaks in the overflow of the heart. That means that when you say one gossip, there's a thousand more just waiting lined up like traffic, waiting to come out. That if you can, that, So when you say one thing, it means there's a whole bunch more in your heart waiting to come out. What does that say about your heart? But you know the opposite can be true. If you can, if you can, through your mind, control your brain, which your mind controls your brain, by the way, not the other way around. We'll get to that in a few weeks. We're going to talk about that. But if you can decide, I am only going to say, speak life. Guess what happens? The reverse happens. All that garbage gets put down, pushed down and God replaces it with his love and his grace. Can I get an amen? amen? Speak life. Jesus says, I am going to take all those lashes for all the times you, you stab people in the back. People that you looked them in the eye and said you loved them. And as soon as they walked away, you whipped them. As soon as they turned around, you went. Number two, a penetrating wound. A deep wound caused by a sharp pointed instrument. Verse twenty, Matthew 27-29, when they twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. Uh, the thorns that they put in Jesus' head were about two inches long. And now, how, how many of y'all ever pricked your finger on a thorn that was like a, you couldn't even see it? And you went, <laughs> and you were like this for, for hours, they sucked two-inch thorns in his head. I mean, I, they must, have, if they didn't break... Scraped the bone under his skin. A thorn is a symbol of a curse. The thorns were placed on the earth when God cursed the earth. I wonder if God Jesus bore thorns on his head for all the curse of things you think. Can you imagine if everything you thought was spoken in words? <laughs> Fellas, you're walking through the mall, young lady walks by. Imagine everything you thought was spoken in words. You would get smacked by your wife. <laughs> Ladies, don't be laughing too loud because I know your mind is nasty too, okay? <laughs> Imagine every time you said, oh, I so love that dress. But what you really thought came out of your mouth next? This is a commercial. I don't, I, I wish I knew what it was, but it was about these people who were saying what's really on their mind. Uh, ah, I wish I, knew. I just came to my mind, but I can't remember the commercial. But, but these, these people went on a date and they said, ah, oh, I had a really nice time. Yeah, and I'll just, uh, I'll text you tomorrow. He said, yeah, I'll wait three days, like I'm really interested in it. So It's just really, they're speaking what they really thought. Garbage. Jesus said, you know what, I'm going to take thorns in my head, just hypothetically, because of all the things you think. The Bible says the man thinks, so is he. As you think. So, if you think you're dumb, you will be dumb. If you think you're dumb, you won't try to be smart. You will doubt the smart thing that God puts in your head. If you think you're a failure, you will sabotage your own life just so you can prove that you're a failure. Because you have to be right, because your pride tells you, your pride tells you, you think you're dumb, so you better be dumb. You can't be smart. Isn't that so stupid? But that's the devil. If you think you're ugly, you will be ugly. But if you think you're beautiful, like what God says, God says you're marvelously, wonderfully made. God don't make mistakes. When you're in the womb, God took 40 weeks in the womb to make you. He could have done it in two seconds. He now I'm going to take the time. And I'm going to knit. The Bible says he knit you together. He made your bones. And then I think it was at 11 days, you had a... a, 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 a 40 days, you had a brain waves, had a heartbeat, then you put your muscles together, your bones, your tendons, your ligaments, 60 billion cells, and they all have the same exact information in every single one. They made your eyes, your nose, and by the way, he took all that information from your mother and your father and your grandfather and your grandmother and great grandfather and great grandmother, and he put all that in, and he he just kind of said, "And I'm gonna make, I'm gonna put a little bit all that in you, but you're gonna be one of a kind. I'm gonna give you a fingerprint like nobody else. I'm gonna give you eye eye vein print like nobody else. I'm gonna give you a handprint, a footprint like nobody else. I'm gonna give you DNA like nobody else. I'm gonna give you some smells out of your body like nobody else. (laughs) You are gonna be marvelous." So why is it that you think anything different than that? Because a liar has convinced you of a lie. Jesus says, your thoughts are cursed. I want to cleanse you of your thoughts. I want to renew your mind. The Bible says, present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's the only reasonable thing for you to do. And don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed. Don't be like the world. Be transformed. Don't be like the world. You may watch the news and read the paper, but don't let that determine your view of who you are and what the world is. Be be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Rethink like Jesus. God gave you his mind to think about yourself like him. He wants to show you who you are in his mind. So he wants to renew your mind. The reason that we've been declaring truth over the last two months, three months. I declare God loves me. I declare the Holy Spirit loves me. I declare the Holy Spirit lives in me. I declare the Holy Spirit came to help me. I declare the Holy Spirit is pouring out the love of God in my heart. Boom, boom, boom. Why? Because we're trying to renew our mind to think things that are true. Not just what we feel. Number three. Contused wound. A wound produced by a blunt instrument. A contused wound is a wound... Produced by a blunt instrument. Matthew 2730, it says, they spat on him and took reeds and struck him on the head. They hit him with rods on his face. The Bible said they beat Jesus so bad you couldn't tell he was a man. His face was so marred you couldn't tell he was a man. They peered his beard out They hit him in the head with a rod. A blunt instrument. I wonder how many times Jesus took a hit to the face because of the blunt things we say to people to hurt them. The times we hit them to hurt them. The offensive that we, th- we, we take pride in saying what we feel. You know, the Bible says a person who says what he feels is a fool. Some people say pride, I'm just going to speak my mind. That Bible calls you a fool. Imagine going to your boss. You know, I, I'm not really happy right now. And you don't know the whole story, by the way. And you go jam him up. He says, you know what, I don't know what you're talking about. None of that's true. How, by the way, you lost your job. Because you just have to speak your mind. There's people in jail because they spoke their mind. Or express what they wanted. I'ma I'm a am I'm gonna I'm be myself. The world is telling you, just express yourself. I'm not saying don't express yourself, I'm saying let God express Himself through you. Because we are selfish, we are prideful. The Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We think we're better looking than we really are. Can I get an amen? I'm 58. I think I look 30, but I, you know, I. I <laughs> but that's my pride, thinking I look 30. I know I really only look 31, but, that, but I'm saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, we 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 over exaggerate to our benefit. Can I get amen? amen? Let me tell you something. God, here's Jesus. He says, "I'm gonna." Every time we do that, we just punch him in the face, and Jesus never turned his face away. You know that the, that the face of God represents the presence of God? What does that mean? Is that when you're in the presence of God, I don't want you to think there's some smoke around, that he is right here. His face is synonymous with his presence. And he never turned his face away. As much as we punched him in the face with our bluntness, he never turned his face away. He said, I will always be here for you. And one day you are going to give your life to me. For 24 years, I ran from God. For 24 years, I, and, and I, when I first heard about Jesus for real, I was 19 years old. From 19 to 24, as much as I was denying God, He says, I'm right here. Whenever you're ready. This may be the day for someone in one of our campuses, someone here, someone watching online, where you have to give your life, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. All your life, you've been whipping in the back, you've been cursing, you've been punching him in the face. You've been thinking evil, cursed thoughts. And he says, I'm right here. Number four, a perforated wound. A perforated wound is, comes from the Latin word pierce, to pierce through. It is a wound with an exit, an entrance, and an exit. It is a wound with an exit, an entrance, and an exit. Verse 31, when they had mocked him, they took off his robe and put his own clothes on him and led him to be crucified. And what they did is they put him on wood and they took these six to eight inch railroad spikes and nailed him to wood. The, The nail railroad spike went in and came out. I wonder how many of you are sinning right through Jesus. In other words... You are leveraging your relationship with Jesus Christ to get away with sin. You are taking advantage of the grace of God. Oh, I'm saved, I don't really need to do that. Me and Jesus got me covered and and you're saying that for the sole purpose of getting away with doing what you want to do versus what he wants to do. You're rationalizing your sin because of the grace of God. People think, well, the grace of God. I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to uh, do good works because works don't get me to heaven. I'm saved by grace. Therefore, I can just cruise. I don't need to serve. I don't need to get in our group. I don't. I don't need to give. I don't need to pray for other people. I don't need to to, to forgive other people. I don't need to go out and apologize. Yes, all those things that God wants, what you, what He wants you to do. But because you're under the grace, in your own mind, you are actually leveraging your relationship with God to actually disobey God. I can't tell you how many Christians I meet that are about that much different than non-Christians. And that much is that they go to church every once every now and then. Other than that, they're the same. They're leveraging their, their relationship with Christ, their so-called relationship with Christ to live the life they want to live. And God says, I ain't having it. I ain't having it. And number four, this is the most interesting to me. Number five, the last one. An incised wound. An incised wound is a cut produced by a sharp-edged instrument. In John chapter 19, verse 32 to 34, it says the soldiers came and broke the legs, his legs first, and the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. But they did not break his legs, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. When Jesus was on the cross, a soldier came by with a long spear and stuck it in his side and it pierced his heart. Around your heart is called the pericardium sac. Peri means around. Cardium is is the heart. And around your heart, your heart is inside a sac. And what happened was his heart burst. And the plasma, the white blood cell, or the water and the red blood cells separated. And, the, and it looked like water and blood. It came out of the blood. The blood separated from stress. He actually died of a broken heart. Hmm. He died of a broken heart. Um, forensic science will tell you who killed somebody. It will tell you uh, how they were killed. But it will also tell you how they died. There's a difference between how you were killed and how you, di- and how you died. i gonna say it again. There's a difference between how you were killed and how you died. In other words, how you were killed focuses on the killer. I shot you. I stabbed you. I, I strangled you. That's how you were killed. How you died focuses on the person being killed. You can die fighting. You can die surrendering. You could die running. You could die in stress. But my response to my killer is how I die. The actions of the killer is how I was killed. Do you know what I'm saying? Jesus, Do you know what I'm saying? Jesus died with a broken heart. Jesus died without saying a word to defend himself. Jesus died asking the Father to forgive us because we didn't know what we were doing. He was killed with anger. He was killed with jealousy. He was killed with rage. He was killed with resentment. But he died with humility. Why? Because he was doing it for our benefit. So the question is, will you take advantage of the way he died? How he was killed is on us. How he died was on him. But the response is now up to us to make a decision. Are you going to say, Jesus, I I don't want to do that to you anymore. Because if you ask Christ to be your Savior and you keep doing that, you are continually to crucify him. You are continually saying, I am still living the same way, so it didn't do any me good. In other words, your death and resurrection did not do any good for me. So I'm still killing you. How about saying, Lord, I want to really surrender my life to you. I want to repent. Here's what repent means. Repent does not mean sorry, God. That's not, that's just saying a word. Repent, this is what repent means. Repent means changing and going the other way. So, dear Lord, I want to ask you to forgive me for my sin. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says the penalty of sin is death. The death that my sin's penalty is, was, was on that cross. Is either going to be on that cross or it's going to be on my back. I'd rather to be on that cross. And if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart God raised him from the dead, I will be saved from that cross. And I will be saved from continually to nail him to that cross. So in a minute we're going to pray, and you're going to have an opportunity to give your life to Christ. There are some of you who've already given your life to Christ, but you're still crucifying him. You're still whipping his back, you're still punching him in his face, you're still nailing him to that wood. You're still pushing those thorns in his head. And you need to stop. You need to say, Lord, I need to be a holy man, a holy woman. I need to repent of my sin. I need to apologize. I need to go reconcile relationships. I need to do that. Why? Because when he died, he paid for all of that. So you do not have to do that anymore. When I first got saved, my cousin who used to be a player to the nth degree, for real. Don't have time. He got saved and started going to this church, and he and and I was a new Christian and he came to my house and was just overjoyed. And he took me to his church. And in his church, they believed they that they didn't sin anymore. And I was like, I don't know about that. He's like, nah, brother, you, you don't have to sin. Jesus died for all the sin. And he and he and he and he he was just so adamant. Now I don't believe that you're, pr- you're always going to sin. However, I found myself arguing for the right to continue to sin. In other words, if I said you, you can get to a point where you not sin, you will argue with me that no, you're always going to sin. And, and, you, and, and, and that's what I found. I said, why don't I argue and fight for the right not to sin. Does that mean you're never going to sin? Probably not. But I bet you, you'll sin a whole lot less if you say, I am not going to do that anymore. Because there is no sin you have to commit. You consciously make decision. There's some stuff you don't know about. By the way, Friday night, we wouldn't even call that a sin. People will call it a sin because in their heart, they want to condemn you. But my point is this, imagine if you said, you know, I don't have to be offensive. I don't have to be impatient, I don't have to be greedy, you don't. I don't have to be lustful, you don't, you really don't. I believe there's some stuff we hold on to in excuse to say, this is what makes me human so I got to have a few, no you don't. (laughs) Jesus died for it all, am I saying you don't have to sin, I'm saying you should try, the Bible says you should be perfect as my father in heaven is imperfect, that's what the Bible says. And so, why don't we just say, "Lord, you died, and you paid it all. You did it. I'm going to stop crucifying you." And the next time you talk about somebody, I just want you to hear in the back of your head, tch, tch, "Jesus, back." Next time you curse at somebody, I was talking to a guy yesterday for the prayer breakfast, and he's cursing at me. I'm like, "Brother, come on, man, <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> just stop, stop." You can. I stopped doing cocaine in one day. Stop smoking weed in one day. It wasn't because of me. It's because God's that powerful. So in a minute we're going to pray. I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray. And we're going to give you an opportunity to ask Christ to be your Savior. But there's some of you in here, uh, here's my challenge. There's some of you here say, you know what, I, I want to change. I really do. Before I pray, I want to say this one thing. Easter's tomorrow and Sunday. Come tomorrow. Next Sunday. Two things about next Sunday, April 8th. I'm going to share my testimony through. I know I share pieces, but the campus pastor was saying, can you just tell the whole story? And as I was thinking about that story, I started to get all jacked up to think about why we are here today. I want you to think about that. But after that service, April 8th, at the, after the 6 p.m. service, we're going to have a meeting here just after the 6 p.m. service for the young adult ministry. If you are under thirty-five, I think that's the the age cutoff they got their young adults. So I'll be there. I'll be there, of course, naturally. (laughs) It's just natural, natural. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay. Um, This ministry started with young adults, and I want to take a blowtorch to that ministry and blow it up again. So we're going to have a meeting after April eighth, six o'clock service. If you are in that and you want to be part of that, in all the campuses, going to be all the campuses. Right, right. I want you to come. I want you to put that in your head now. Amen. God wants to do something, but He's looking for people. He's like, I, I can't. I, I need more people. Who's ready to? Who's ready to put it all on the line for Him? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, as we prepare our hearts for communion. We thank you for how you died. You died of a broken heart because we wouldn't trust you. We wouldn't obey you. We wouldn't humble ourselves before you. We wouldn't let you transform our life. We created our own concept of how holy we would be. How kind we would be. We put limits on our forgiveness. We insult you greatly when we do that. You died a brutal death. You gave your back to the whip, your face to the rod, your head to the thorns, your feet and hands to the nails. And then you said, Father, forgive them. They, they don't know what they're doing yet, but they will. If you would like to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, whether for the first time or you are motivated to start over today and take your relationship to a new level. I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. And I believe you love me. Thank you. I surrender my life to you. Jesus. Fill me with the spirit of God. I do not want to be the same. I do not want to put limits on my holiness. I do not want to put limits on my patience, my grace, my kindness, my forgiveness. I surrender myself to you. In Jesus' name. Eyes closed, heads bowed. If you prayed that prayer... Because you are giving your life to Christ or you just recommitted to Him. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand up. in all the campuses, and if you do, people are going to be there to pray for you. We're just going to lift our hands today. So if you prayed that prayer for any reason, just on the count of three, lift your hands up. One, two, three. Just lift your hands up really high. God bless you. God bless you. Hundreds of you all over. God bless you. 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 Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for bearing the cross for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, if you raise your hand, you can text the word uh, SAVE to 52525. And we want to follow up with you. The reason we're not doing an altar to call today, we have something we're getting ready to do here in a minute. After a communion, we're going to have a special uh, time at the crosses around the room. But if you could text the word SAVE to 52525. We want to... Follow up with you if you could take out your communion, Matthew twenty six. It says they were eating, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take eat, this is my body. Um, If you don't have a communion cup, just lift your hand up real high and people will give it to you. The one thing Jesus told us to do in remembrance of him was take communion. The one thing. And what's interesting about communion, it reminds us of his death. His suffering. On our behalf, he says, When you think of me, I want you to think of someone who suffered on behalf of somebody else. When you think of me, I want you to think of someone who suffered on behalf of someone else. Listen to what I'm saying to you. I don't want you to think of someone who's just nice. You could be nice one minute, oh, Jesus is nice, I'm gonna be nice, and then a minute later. No, I want you to think of someone who suffered to the point of death on behalf of other people. There is zero selfishness in that. When we do this, we are reminded of that, that he died for us. That His our sins beat him, nailed him, whipped him, spit on him, cursed him, denied him, betrayed him, turned our back on him. Lord, thank you that you did that for us. As an example for us to follow, in Jesus' name, amen. It says, he took the cup and gave thanks and said, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. Lord, we thank you that your sinless blood was shed for us. Therefore, we are forgiven. We are not a slave anymore. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, we thank You for Your faithfulness. We thank You for Your goodness. We thank You for Your grace. We thank You for Your death. And more importantly tomorrow, we thank You for Your resurrection. The cross wasn't the end, it was the beginning. Lord, may we live as though we have been forgiven. May we stop crucifying you over and over again. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.